Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back. I was just having a really fun pre-show chat with our guest for today and he said coming to you live from quarantine and I thought that was pretty incredible because that's the moment we're in right now. I don't know exactly when this podcast will be released but at the moment that's what's going on. There's big conversations on the table and I actually had the pleasure of getting on our guest today, he has office hours, free office hours that anyone can come to to ask questions. And I wanted to check them out because I think it's such a brilliant way to connect and get to know your people. And he's gonna talk about that. But on that, we were talking a lot about the climate right now and what's going on in business and online thought leadership. And he has so many powerful things to bring to the table. So who we have today is Joe DiMaria, and he is the founder of Teach to Scale. He's a powerful business owner who has created online courses, and he really teaches from a totally different perspective that you're all gonna wanna hear about. You know that on this show, I bring on people who are experts in their industry, who have really high drive to make an impact in the world, and he's definitely one of those people. And you all know that I don't always read the bios, that I don't always read them, but I, you know, I introduce people. His bio is so awesome that I actually just have to read it. So here we go. Joe DiMaria started his career at nine years old, running an illicit back alley soda and candy cartel at his elementary school in Willow Glen, California. Within two weeks, he had employed three other hard-nosed, dirty-faced nine-year-old lieutenants paying them 25 cents per unit sold. The Sugar Rush Syndicate was brought to an abrupt end when DeMaria's childhood best friend and wartime, can, I don't know how to say this actually, consigliere. A consigliere. Consigliere, thank you. A consigliere was caught selling an A&W root beer on tape by one of the school's CCTV cameras. He was brought to justice just five weeks into the school year, netting an impressive, listen to this, this is powerful at nine years old, $937.75. He refused to return the money and today he teaches coaches, consultants, and peak performers how to create and use online courses to scale their businesses and their impact on their audiences through his company, Teach to Scale. So the reason I read that is because, I mean, awesome, entrepreneurial spirit at nine years old, really, really fun story, which I know is something that you're big on. So I am psyched to have you here. Welcome to the show today. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, of, of course, storytelling is a huge part of what you do. Obviously, even just on the show, it's a huge part of what we do. And if you look kind of going back thousands and thousands of years, storytelling is the number one way that we as people communicate and connect with one another. Um, so it's a huge, huge pillar of business that not a lot of people are taking advantage of. So true. And that's such a fun story and way to engage people and get into your childhood entrepreneur spirit. And then I want to know what happened to you after that. How did you get where you are in this business? Well, I, it is, it's the number one story that kind of, uh, like a, my soon to be mother-in-law, uh, that's how I got her approval. I guess she, she stalked my LinkedIn one day and saw that story as the bio and was like, all right, yeah, we're in, let's do this. <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, personality piece is really important to anybody that's going to be doing a lot of front facing consultative work, teaching, et cetera. 
um, coaching, whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, it's, it's so, so important. But I mean, my, my story actually goes, goes back um, probably eight or almost nine years ago. Um, I had dropped out of school in New York, moved back to the Bay Area. This is before both of those cities were uh, in complete lockdown right now. Um, so the, the pre-quarantine days. But I I'd moved back and I'd started a advertising company. And I was just doing, you know, I was like 19 years old working with tech companies in the Silicon Valley trying to like figure out, I mean, I didn't even know what an advertising agency did. Um, I would actually go home at night and then Google like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do now? Um, and I'd sold my way into a couple companies and I was doing the work and I knew more than them, but I still had a hell of a lot to learn. I still do. Um, I went through that for a while and there were, you know, quite a few boom bust cycles when you are just getting started and I'm sure you've been there too. It was like these ups and downs, really high highs, very low lows. And I just hit this one rut that I couldn't get out of. And it was just, you know, me sinking deeper and deeper and deeper. You start looking at it and you go like, okay, I, I had a law school thing set up. I was like, you know, I was I had a trajectory here. I gave that up to do this and now it's not working out. And you start questioning everything. And I remember, and I think you and I've talked about this in the past, but I remember being basically dead broke. I had $2.86 in my bank account. And I was living in, on, you know, in basically like San Jose, California, but not the nice part. And, uh, it was, I think, 106 degrees out that day, and it was like 94 in the house because the air conditioner was broken, which every good entrepreneur story has a broken air conditioner. This is a thing that uh, every <laughs> single one of us had a broken air conditioner. You, you want to hear really fast? I know you'll be able to get back on track in your story. My kids and I, we and my ex-husband, we lived in a lot of situations where we didn't have air conditioners, and we do a wet shirt trick. So we like wet the shirt and put it on. We're like, it's natural air conditioning. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. It's your own swamp cooler. That's exactly how that works. Yeah, it's like, and then that's what I my every like all of us have that. And yeah. my little trick was laying on the tile floor with my shirt off. Nice. It's the only thing in the house that's relatively cold. And then the the space under you would heat up, and as soon as it would heat up, you'd just roll over again. And then you're on a new piece of tile that's cold, and you just keep rolling around the room uh, for hours and hours. So. In the pit of my despair, I'm laying on the floor with my shirt off on the tile and I'm just completely miserable, just depressed, anxious, overwhelmed, totally underprepared for just the idea of even running a business. Um, I have no background. You know, my family were, um, my, my grandfather was a, a farmer and a truck driver. My dad worked in a rental yard. Um, and he broke himself out of that and went to night school and ended up now today he's a CFO, but he didn't start that journey until like his thirties, basically. Um, so there's not a huge history of people going and doing things for themselves, right? In my family. So it was very much trailblazing. And I finally just kind of surrendered and I decided for the first time in my life to open up the, what like, I didn't even know what a podcast was, but it was the first time I'd opened one up and I just typed in marketing into the search bar. And the only thing that came up was the, I love marketing podcast, Joe Polish's show. That is irritating. Mm -hmm. 
No worries. We're, we're live. We're real yeah. time. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I still have yet to figure out how to shut off the notifications for your phone when it calls through your computer. But um, anyway, so, you know, I'm, I look up this show. Um, I Love Marketing Podcast comes up and I think episode two is Joe Polish's story. And I was listening to this kid who was like 90 pounds from freebasing Coke. He was like failing in his own business. And he just kind of, I listened to this amazing story and I look at who this guy is now. And he's one of the most respected marketers, entrepreneurs, um, collaborators in the world. Um, and, And I connected with his story so deeply. And there were so many things that I felt like were parallels between the two of us. Um, and I, you know, on the floor, I was like, yeah, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know how I'm going to do it, when I'm going to do it. One day I'm going to work with this guy. And the other thing is he, he mentions this thing called the Genius Network. So $25,000 a year group. And I said, again, you know, I don't know how, I don't know when, but one day I'm going to pay the money and I'm going to walk into that group. And over the next couple of weeks, I think I devoured probably a hundred plus episodes of that show. I all day, all night listened to this thing. Um, and it just really started this amazing trajectory. And, you know, I've got a call with Joe tomorrow. Um, you know, he and I have become great friends over the past few years. I walked into Genius Network three years after that. Um, so it's just, you know, uh, my story is really one of just being stubborn as hell and very hard-headed and continuing to go the the same direction and follow my North Star, regardless of what my outcomes were. And eventually, you know, when you have your, your heading set properly, if you just continually follow it, you know, that stubbornness does tend to pay off. And it, it's another one of those traits. All entrepreneurs have broken air conditioners and stubbornness. Oh, absolutely. I call it NFA attitude, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, something that really stands out to me in your story, Joe, is that you had that critical moment of like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. You know, when I talk to people who have overcome a lot, there's always some moment where the pain is more, it is enough to motivate them in a direction. And they're like, okay, I'm tired of this reality. And I see the possibility of shifting in a new direction. I'm going for it. You know, and that's, that's such a powerful quality to have. You know, when people ask me like, what does it take? I go, well, are you willing? Are you ready? Are you determined? Are you committed? Decide, take action. Anyone can do it. It's just those elements need to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, I, I hear a lot, you know, a lot of people, they'll talk shit about uh, the, the secret or manifesting or all this other stuff because they're like, oh, you know, if you just think about things positively, they don't just happen. And yeah. I think to an extent, that's kind of true. But I, I think the, the quote unquote secret of the secret is that those people aren't just sitting there visualizing. They're like, you know, that's the sort of activity yeah. that colors the choices you make, not just the thoughts that you have. Yeah. And there are choices that you have to make to create these different outcomes in your life. Like, you know, once I made that decision on the kitchen floor, I didn't just like suddenly wake up the next day and everything was great. I went through years of the same boom bust cycle, but I knew what my North star was. And every choice that I made was either getting me closer or moving me further away. And if I could just keep tracking that North star, one day I'm going to be in this group. One day I'm going to be working with this person. One day I'm going to do this. Well, then it eventually works out. A lot of horrible shit happens in in the few years between then and now. But every single one of those things was 
you know, it, extremely important in the trajectory that I've had. And I mean, I'm in a, a, a place that's extremely enviable. Um, you know, as a Genius Network member, there's probably about 300 of us. Um, and only a, I would say a small fraction of those people have been on the show featured on I Love Marketing podcast, which was the show that got me started. Um, there's a lot of heavy hitters in that room that have never been asked to do that. I got to do that. That's awesome. Um, I get to do programming with Joe. So, I mean, I'm, my big thing is teaching. Um, I get to do the Genius Network programming. Um, so there's all of these amazing things that get to happen because I consistently made those choices regardless of outcome. Yes. Everyone rewind that. That's so important. Important. That's perseverance, right? Make the choices consistently, consecutively, regardless of the outcome. And in that, the outcome actually is already known. It's inevitable because if you keep on track and you know, you call it your North Star, I call it fulfilling your genius zone or your, I call it genius juice or following your um, highest priority values, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like when you know that and you know the direction you're going and you stay on track, your success is inevitable. Might not happen overnight, actually definitely isn't going to happen overnight, but it'll happen. So it's, ah, it's so powerful. Um, and, and I think, you know, talking about the law of the manifestation and law of attraction and stuff like that, my people know that I talk a lot about that stuff and I totally agree. I love it when people say to me, that doesn't work. And I go, well, yeah, of course it doesn't work if you daydream all day about something you think you want and you don't believe you can have it and you don't take action toward it <laughs> because your action actually shows that you really want it to happen. So it's then in alignment and then you can manifest those things like getting to hang out with Joe Polish and have him be one of your friends. Right. And, and I think that's the big thing. Most people are not ready to. So here's the thing. This, and I'll say this to your audience the same way I say, I say it to all of my people. You will make the change when the pain of doing exactly what you're doing today is finally worse than the pain of stepping into the unknown to go do the thing that scares the shit out of you. Okay. Yes. So if today becomes scarier and more painful, then you'll finally make the shift. But if things go in on that, you know, I know Anthony was on your show. Anthony trucks is a client yeah. of mine and now yeah. make the shift has appeared in my language all the time. Uh, um, so I'll give Anthony a little shout out there. Yeah, but the Aw shift podcast. He's awesome. Exactly. I, I love Anthony. Uh, he's actually a neighbor too. He lives like half a mile away. But, oh, cool. Um, you know, when, when that pain of doing the, like butting your head against the wall and just being frustrated and miserable and unhappy and just like, just that going through the meat grinder feeling when that becomes more painful than the scary, horrible feeling of going and taking that leap, then you'll make the leap. So if you haven't made the leap yet, you need to genuinely look at yourself and say, have I hit this bottom? Yeah. Right. Like it, it, there's genuinely, maybe you have six months more where you need to suffer before this is painful enough, but you need to genuinely look at yourself and say where I am today. Is this pain? Is this more painful? What I'm going through than the thing that most scares me. Like for me, in the, this is actually really interesting. I, I made it to Genius Network for the first time in 2015. And I made a ton of money at the event. And now I didn't go there to sell either. You know, I actually had to beg, borrow, and steal, basically. Uh, Dan Cashel at the time was running Genius Network as the uh, 
let's call it like the CEO. It's Joe's group, but Dan was the business runner. And I had to beg poor Dan Cashel. I called him like eight times because you had to make a minimum of a million dollars a year. And I was like, you know, I'm tracking there. My trajectory is there. I, I can do this. And he'd be like, well, you know, and I'd call him again and I'd call him again. So finally, I get into this thing. I convinced poor Dan Cashel. Um, they're, they're stuck with me. And I told him, listen, I'm not going to go there to sell. I'm not going there to make money off your community. I'm going to genuinely be um, a resource and try to be helpful and informative. And if it benefits me, wonderful. If it does not, totally fine. But I want to go there to soak up the knowledge in the room and be, um, you know, a, a multiplier for people. And that was the thing that put them over the edge and let me go. Well, I paid, I think the first time I paid 10 grand to go. Okay. And my 10 grand got me access to just the big event, right? I wasn't a full member like I am now. And I made like 300 something thousand dollars off of that $10,000 because I went there to be helpful and to be a resource. Now I thought, you know, this was like my, I, I hit the moon moment. Like this is the most amazing thing in the world. Like this is awesome. And seven months later, I was back down to being like completely broke. Right. And so you go through these boom, but and I had, I made terrible choices with partners. I made terrible choices with, you know, uh, different, uh, like even just personal relationships. All of my, my choices were so self-destructive and silly that it didn't matter how, amazing the moonshot moment was like right back down to reality. And so my, my second bottom was sitting on the couch of my shitty little apartment in uh, Sacramento after having this amazing high where I thought I was about to be like this God of my industry to sitting on the couch and being like, Oh, I understand now. Like I'm not there yet, but I understand why some people consider killing themselves. Like this is like, it's such a rapid high and such a low, low that I get it. And understanding that and having that moment where I was like, wow, you know, seeing my, this flying up, this amazing high that I was feeling in November and sitting on the couch going, I get why people kill themselves in June is a huge, huge swing. It's a huge swing. And that bottom is when I was like, I just have to do things differently. Okay. So much gold here. Oh, thank you for sharing. And, and I, I listeners here know that I always bring on guests who are really willing and open to sharing their stories to help other people. I want to highlight several things that you talked about in there. One was, you know, being a multiplier for the people and creating win-win situations. Super powerful when you step into any setting to always be thinking, how can I show up and serve instead of thinking, how can I show up and get, you know, very different uh, energy you're putting out there, different different way that you talk to people, different way you connect with people. And so I think that's a really powerful point. I want to talk to you mostly because, you know, you're talking about the boom bust cycle and making it, you know, get being determined and driven, getting there and then having the success and then kind of falling flat on your face. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, have you, have you heard of, um, have you ever read the big leap before by Gay Hendricks? No, I haven't. Okay. So you're like, perfectly categorizing what he talks about when we get when we hit an upper limit problem is what he calls it so mm. we have these big moments where we hit an upper limit problem and we step into our zone of genius and then we get scared and something it, it almost like we self-sabotage basically through different methods of 
exactly like what you're saying, related mm -hmm. strained relationships, or uh, it could be worry, could be getting sick, could be substance use, could be all kinds of different things. But you know, I'm starting to think about it as this really, it's like an upper limit ceiling that we have. And it's an invisible moment where in order to break through it, we've got to get really conscious of of what our upper limit tolerance is, you know? And so I'm curious for you, when you talk about the boom bust cycle, when was your last bust, would you say? And I know we're constantly growing and having, having breakthroughs, but like, when would you say was your last kind of real bust bottom moment? That 2016. Okay. Was, awesome. That was it. You know, it was, that was after that, all my decisions, I'm going to say all my decisions, but um, you know, things have just improved and improved and improved and you made a really good point about this upper limit the reason why that all happened was i did not have the capacity to be yeah. more successful and i don't mean that like oh i didn't have a team around me oh i didn't have this oh i didn't have that i'm talking human capital i'm talking my own knowledge my own ability to to manage what that looks like to know what it's like to be in the upper room and how to handle that and how to maintain all of that yeah um, it didn't help that you know i'm i'm starting my business young yeah and i'm still young but when that all happened i was like 20 uh like 22 yeah so to go and kind of have this big moment and to be kind of singled out and then yeah. You know, you, you're not prepared for that. No. Well, it's like going, I mean, you're laying on the floor, you know, cold, hot mm -hmm. and, and just kind of like really down in the dumps. And then you have this huge, massive success. It's like, we don't exactly know how to handle it. It, it makes me think of like a child star or something, right? Like yeah. it's, that's a lot to manage if you haven't developed the mindset around how to handle success and how to work with people and how to, you know, I mean, manage money, all of those things. And, and it's that thermostat point. So it, so my question is, since 2016 for you, what changed? What did you do to change yourself in order to be the person who can handle that type of success? The biggest thing I did was I focused on what I was really passionate about. And I, that's such a huge cliche to be like, oh, if you just do what you're passionate about, you'll be successful. That is not true. If you do what you're passionate about, and you apply the basics and you constantly work on improving and learning, et cetera, then you'll be successful. So here are the things that I focused on and I can give them to you in order. And I think this, if you have uh, audience members that ever listen to your show with a pen in hand, this is probably the pen moment. Awesome. Well, I, I have one in hand, so that's great. Exactly. Follow, <laughs> follow Dr. Amanda's amazing lead and pick up your pen because the biggest things that I did was I instantly shifted away from things that made me unhappy. I coach around this all the time where right? people go like, how do I know when I should just pull the cord and run? And I say, even if it, you, you can quit only if you visualize everything working out and you're still not happy, then quit and do something else. Right. And I was at the time running an agency still. I wasn't doing the curriculum thing that I'm doing now. I was still running an agency and we were doing automation. We were doing all the stuff. We were making a lot of money, working with a lot of big people. And I sat there and I said, okay, well, even if this works out with my current partner, the current choices I'm making, the current everything that I'm doing, would I be happy? And I was like, no, I could have, you know, $20 million and still be like, this is bullshit. I don't want to do this that was the first change. So I said, okay, what, what am I passionate about? What do I want to do? 
And the thing that I mentioned earlier, I'm going to go there. I'm going to be of service to those people. I'm just going to be a resource. That's what I'm passionate about. Yeah, you know, I wear this little thing on my wrist. If you guys have never heard of the My Intent bracelets, it's a great little reminder. And you guys can, you know, support. It's a great company if you want to go support them. But my bracelet here always it just says teach. That's my my one word, right? Love it. When I focused on teaching, when I focused on being a, a value maximizer, a force multiplier, um, someone that does not protect my like you know back. I mean, I was working in the Silicon Valley. I was, you know, terrified people were going to steal my IP. I was terrified they were going to you know. I would always, every morning I'd wake up. And I'd reach behind me and check for knives in my back. You know, it was just like, it was a horrible place to work. And the minute I gave all that up and focused on being a teacher and not expecting everything in return and just going out and trying to be transformative and authentic, that's when amazing stuff started happening for me. Um, so, and beautiful. so beautiful. I love this so much. I, I know I just interrupted you. I want to say, you know, for people listening, where is that juicy place that you go where you're so inspired that you would do it for free? You love it so much. It doesn't matter. I mean, obviously you're going to make the most money doing the things you love the most, but you would do it for free no matter what. That's, that's where you really tap into your power. So it's like, you know, you're a teacher, you're a born teacher it's, and it's beautiful. And that's, so I, I keep going. I just had to, I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> yeah. And no, I, I appreciate you pointing it out because I never thought of myself as a teacher ever. I just was, you know, I always thought I was like a, a you know, like a sales guy or, or whatever. Like I always thought I knew the right thing to say at the right time. And, you know, I studied the before I was this, this like white hat, cool teacher guy, you know, I, I would like studied the art of, you know, manipulation and language and sales tactics. Like, I mean, I studied under the Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, his sales strategy. Like I've, I've run the gamut on what it looks like to be the bad guy yeah. and study under the bad guys. And I thought when I was working in the Valley, that's how you had to be successful. Yeah. Is, you know, the art of manipulation and, and backstabbery. And, you know, I was still young, so that was very, and I'm still young, but I mean, at that very early age in the beginning of my business, I was like, oh, it's just kill or be killed. You have to go, 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 go. It wasn't until go, like starting to mature that I realized the thing that's made me different, and this is another pen moment potentially for some of you, is not all the things that I know. It's all of the things that I'm always trying to learn. Mm -hmm. So in other words, I have always been a lifelong learner. I have not always been good at school. School was never my thing, right? I got into St. John's University to do a law program on a lark. I'm still not sure how that happened. Um, <laughs> great school, didn't deserve it. And I still sucked at school. So I dropped out. And started a business, right? I taught myself everything I needed to know about running that business. And I continued to learn. You know, I devoured shows like this all the time, every day. I've read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books, uh, a lot of them covering the same damn topic mm -hmm. because I'll learn the same thing from a hundred different angles. Yes. And 
that is how I've built my whole, you know, trajectory. But being a lifelong learner makes you a teacher. Yeah, I was going to say the flip side of, of owning that you're a teacher is teachers love to learn and then teach with their learning because it's how you really integrate what you've learned. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. look at look at where I am now, like with yeah. what I'm doing today. We talked about, oh, my passion is teaching. Well, the flip side is I've always been that lifelong learner and now I get to work with the smartest people in the world and they all know a bunch of stuff that I don't know. So cool. And and I don't work in one industry where I can pretend and just phone it in. I've done stuff from, you know, jujitsu all the way to, uh, you know, meditation and finding flow states. I've done um, peak performance and athletics. I've done network engineering. I've done, um, I, I've done dozens and dozens and dozens of different industries. I, I would not be shocked if I could probably say I've done over a hundred industries in the past couple of years. Nice. And I don't know shit about any of those industries, but what yeah. gets me excited is that I get to learn about them every time. Yeah. So cool. So let's go there. I want to know about, you know, in your teaching to scale model, you talk a lot about, just from what I've gotten to know and gather, you know, you talk about this transition away from the guru modality of being a thought leader into let's teach a totally different way. Will you talk to us about your method and, and how you see the, the online world moving in that way and how you're a leader in that force of going, I'm going to be a different kind of teacher and I'm going to help people scale their businesses through my model. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that you all have seen over the past few years is this explosion of the guru model, right? Like you can't go on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube right now without being surrounded by ads from, you know, Grant Cardone in front of his jet or to a lesser extent, I'll even say Dan Locke, not because he's doing things wrong, but because he's top of mind right now. Sorry, Dan. But um, there's a lot of people, um, Graziosi, Dean Graziosi, Tony's up there all the time. And what's happening is in, in 2013, 14, kind of the, the, right around the time Digital Marketer came out with the machine, right? When Ryan Dice exploded, and he's another guy that you can't avoid online. When those things happened, traffic was cheap. So because traffic was cheap, you would end up being able to pay like not very much money and generate thousands of hits to a page. And because you could generate thousands of hits to a page for free, we built businesses around scale, not around relationships, right? Which is why all of you go on and you're like, oh my gosh, this person's going to give me their book for free. I just have to pay shipping. And then you end up in this funnel that's got 12 steps and it's, you paid $7 for the free plus shipping. Now it's $19 for the next step and then $37 for the next one and 97 for the next one. And you just keep getting stepped up and up and up. That worked when traffic was cheap. Okay. So if you guys are trying to build a business today around teaching and you copy those models and you don't have a war chest or you're not funded by like, uh, I don't know, the Rothschilds or something, it's a hell of a lot more difficult um, to, to follow that model today. So here's the general long and short of it on how things are changing. Traffic has gone up hundreds of percent in cost. Okay. Just this year for the first time ever, 
Facebook advertising, just online advertising in general has surpassed all other advertising medias in ad buy. That includes like, I'm talking the Nikes of the world, the Coca-Colas of the world, the apples of the world. They're putting their money in there. When they do, they're raising the level of the tide for guys like us who just want to go test our product out and genuinely want to help people. They're making it, uh, let's call it the sea of noise is getting louder and the tide is going higher. The problem is your audience is being suffocated by other people's advertising, right? And those people are not ethical in the first place. So if you're going to copy the unethical folks, you're going to have a hell of a time if you're an ethical person, right? There is a shift that is happening right now. It started about a year ago. It'll keep going for about two more years. And then you'll all have a really strong five-year window or so where you get to say goodbye to the guru model and focus on really being an action leader. I tell my people all the time, the world's got enough thought leaders. Go on LinkedIn and type in thought leader and you'll see you know, 10 million people calling themselves thought leaders and the world has enough thoughts. You know, We wake up, we probably have 10,000 thoughts a day. The world needs people that are actually going to give folks a transformative action to take give people a result. The guru model doesn't require you to give people a result. It requires you to sell them something for cheap so that they don't feel like they've been screwed when they don't get a result and they go take another bite of the apple, right? You all get the opportunity. You're bringing something amazing to the market. You're genuinely helping people. If you genuinely believe in what you're doing and your ability to create change for people that is transformative, positive, action-based, then you have the moral obligation to eschew the guru model, to walk away from that, to shift into this new paradigm where you get to be the trusted advisor. There's something so powerful about being the trusted advisor. The guru is a shiny object off in the distance that you see, but you never get to touch or interact with. The trusted advisor is somebody that you can call. Right. And they're going to give you advice based on whether or not it makes them money. I tell people all the time, they'll come to me, Hey, should I do this? Uh, you know, I want to work with you. This is my idea. And I'll say, I'm the wrong guy for that. You should work with this person right down the road. Work with me. If this, 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 and this happens, but right now for where you are, go do that. Okay. Trusted advisor doesn't look to put money in his pocket at every turn. That's a huge difference. That's a shift that all of you can make in the next year to 18 months that you can ride the wave as that kind of grows over the next five years. And you guys are the ones that become the incumbents, right? Not the Cardones, the Graziosis, the Russell Brunsons, the whatever. You guys are all have an opportunity now to get in on this curve and be authentic. So much good stuff here. It's so interesting because I'm thinking about like all the different types of listeners I have and, and, you know, building businesses and the way that in any industry, this is a powerful model. You know, even if you don't have an online business, let's say even I have a lot of real estate investors who follow me and, and that I work with and think about how, you know, it's like often we are seeking the guru model in terms of being the best of the best of the best. And then we compare ourselves to that and try to create ourselves to be that. And it's never fulfilling. 
because mm-hmm. you're not going to get there. You know, it, it, there's only a few of those people, first of all, right? It's like, like you're saying, in order to scale to that level, you'd have to have had been in at the right time to be able to buy the ad force to get to that level. And then it's also, you know, something I highly value about um, one of my main mentors is like, he's in the room with you, like on the floor, you know, like not on a stage and mm-hmm. there's not that many people. And it's like, you're, you know, each other, you, you give each other hugs and you ask direct questions and you have contact. You know, it's something for me that's really important with the people I work with. I go, like, I don't want you to hold me up on a pedestal and pretend like I'm, you know, some um, create amazing person that's so much better than you and you can never get to where I've gotten. The whole purpose is for me to help you get to where I've gotten and for us to do it together. <laughs> you know, and so I love your model. I mean, I really, really, you know, for everyone listening, I met Joe through, this is cool. Actually, I met Joe through a, a, a someone who now is in my mastermind, but also like we've worked together, we're friends. And she introduced me to Joe and she said, oh, I'm working with this guy, Joe, he's amazing. You got to come to his office hours and just, you know, check him out and see him. And so we hopped on a call and I really, really love your model because it is so personable. You're so approachable. And you know, that office hour piece is one of those elements of being a trusted advisor of being close instead of distant and holding yourself in this place where, Oh, you've got to go through 10 layers of people to even try to get to talk to you. Um, so I think it's, I, I, I really, I'm curious for you, where did that begin that thought process of going, Oh, we've got to kind of do this a little diff- differently if we want to scale our business in a new way and let go of the guru model. Well, I'll give you the, um, wow, I'm such a smart philosophical guy answer. And I'll give you the dollar and cents answer cool. because the, the dollar and cents answer to why we made that switch is it doesn't make sense to spend, you know, um, like I, I take my people through this model all the time, but imagine all of you have four steps in your campaign before they can buy the big thing. Okay. And just for argument's sake, let's call it a free level, a $10 level, a $50 level and a hundred dollar level. And we make all our money at the hundred dollar level. Let's even say uh, I hypothetically, let's call the hundred dollar level a $500 level because the math will make more sense to you. In the old days, if you wanted to make real money, you would have to drive, let's say, 10,000 people to the free, knowing that 20% of them are going to take the $10 level, right? So now we have 2,000 people that paid us $10. Decent, right? We have from the uh, 2,000 people, maybe 10% take the $50 level. So now we have 200 people. And then maybe of those people, 1% will take the $1,000 level. So all said and done, you know, you, you made maybe somewhere in the neighborhood, I'm not even adding it up in my head so somebody else can do the math for me, but you're usually yielding somewhere in like the $30,000 plus range, okay? That was awesome when traffic was super cheap because back then you could pay for the $2,000 conversions or the 2000 conversions at $10, which would be 20 grand, your nut that would carry through everything else, you would maybe be spending like five bucks or 10 bucks for each of those. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's easy, right? I mean, you're, you're profitable. Now those things cost like 10, 15, sometimes $20 to sell something that's $10. So your profitability is just decimated on the front end, right? 
and your product pricing, you're waiting through so many steps. And it's this war of attrition where it's like, start with a hundred, go to 50, go from 50% down to 20%, go from 20% down to like, you know, 2%. And those are the people that take the full offer. So now when you were profitable by 20 grand five years ago, you may be negative 20 grand because your, your just offer structure doesn't make any sense. So from a dollars and cents point of view, there's just too many steps in the system to justify the pricing of advertising today. Okay. So then we go to the philosophical side and I like to pretend that I'm smarter than I am. So I'll, I'll say that the philosophical side is where we started but I don't know if that's necessarily true. <laughs> what I have noticed throughout my career is the most important thing for anyone is access. Okay, access is so, so crucial. And I'll tell you, before I was ever in Genius Network back in 2012, I took a shot in the dark and I sent Joe Polish a message on LinkedIn and I asked him about addiction and some of the things that he'd gone through. And I asked him if, uh, you know, uh, if the success he detained had actually made him a happier person or not. Right. And that was the message I sent. And it took like eight months for me to get a response. <laughs> but the fact that I got the response kept me engaged with that dream of one day being in the room mm -hmm. for two years. It was like, you know what? Like I have this relationship, you know, we would send each other a message I, he would respond to me eight months later. I'd respond to him three seconds after he sent that. And then 11 months later, I'd get the next one. Right. But it was just enough yeah. where I was like, okay, cool. You know, this is like a, this person knows who I am. That's great. Well, yeah, well and when you're talking about access, you're talking about relationship building, right? Like that's really what you're talking about is relationship building and, and having access to people who have the, you know, as the trusted advisor. That's Correct. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, th there's a humanity to business that yeah. none of you should forget. And I yes. think over the past few years, we've forgotten about that because of the guru model. And I'll tell you, it's bullshit. Any of you that are students of advertising, that are students of, of marketing, don't pay attention to the trend over the past few years. Go back and study uh, marketing and advertising in the 1920s. <laughs> Go read Claude Hopkins, Scientific Advertising. Go read Ogilvy on advertising from the 60s. Right, go read Robert Collier letter book from the 50s. Okay, these are the guys that we base all of our decisions on today. And what they show you is that this trend of the self-serving guru model is kind of a new one, which means it's also probably not gonna last. Yeah, you know, I wanna say for listeners, a, a really practical, actionable strategy and a takeaway from what you're saying is, you know, asking yourself that question of how can I be an accessible advisor? So in whatever industry I'm in, how can I be a, a, an accessible relationship building person in my industry so the people that I'm providing solutions for can talk to me about what I have to offer? And this model could cut to, you know, I know you usually teach online, uh, online people who want to scale their business online, correct? Yeah, I mean, we do a lot of um, in part, like our, our normal group coachings or things like that. They're obviously digital. Uh, we work with a ton of people like Anthony in person, or, you know, we were just, uh, we were heading to Toronto in a couple of oh, weeks. Oh, when I was asking that, I meant like you work with people who want to build an online business. Yes and no. So okay. online business is really easy. It's an easy way to approach what we do. 
Um, but we also work with people that want to build these sorts of products and sell them physically. So maybe they sell okay. them on stage or maybe they sell them, you know, whatever. Awesome. Okay. Um, it's really about like our, our ethic is not about online programs. It's about making sure that everyone we work with are more effective teachers, more effective awesome. curriculum builders. Okay. Um, most people take that online. Okay. Uh, that, that's yeah that's what I wanted clarification on so I, I we only have a few more minutes darn it I want to talk to you for several hours but um a, a few more questions one let, let's go with this first what would you say first I think let me recap for people I think that there were a lot of powerful takeaways it for me listening to you speak I'm noticing my brain you know starts going in a brainstorm way of helping my people think about how to be more accessible no matter what industry they're in so it's a huge takeaway because you know instead of this model of like oh I got to think about the funnel and automation and you know how do I get it out there as fast as possible how about if we shift to this idea of like okay actually how do I become really accessible but in a in a you know like your office hours is such a great example go okay have one you know one time a week where you do office hours and people can plug into you and ask you any question they want that is so powerful so if any whoever's listening if you get that one takeaway that idea comes from Joe and he is the master of helping people scale their business in creative ways like that to build relationships in the scalability way. Um, moving into max potential habits. So, so, you know, this is a habits podcast. I think of mindset as a habit. I think that your mindset is the foundation of your success. And obviously the habits part is how you implement your thoughts. So I'm curious, what are the top three habits that you believe got you where you are today? I would say the number one habit is the lifelong learning thing. I mean, I, I have gone and worked tirelessly not to um, always say like, oh, what's going to move the needle next? Like what's going to put money in my pocket right now? It's always who is the right person for me to learn from on X. And I don't necessarily need an ROI on that um, immediately. I don't necessarily need it for years, but I will read hundreds of books. I mean, I've done a book a week for the past three years. Um, and my audible account will attest to that. But, um, you know, I am constantly looking for what are the needle movers? Like what are the, who, who are the people that I can look at, um, as mentors, as opportunities to learn and grow and step into something bigger. Um, the other thing, I, so the first one would just be, I guess, looking for mentors or, or keeping that lifelong learner mentality. Awesome. The second thing that I would say has been insanely valuable to me is uh, collaboration. Always looking at how we can be collaborative, how we can be helpful, how we can be useful. Um, I teach a lot about this idea of arbitrage right? Like I know my biggest problem is uh, someone else has the answer to it and their biggest problem I have the answer to. And if I can just find that person and we can come together, then I instantly step into this rarefied space of, of uh, what we call it, you know, um, exponential growth rather than linear growth, right? And that's a, a Jay Abraham thing. Um, and so that's my second one is collaboration. I, I have made more money off of being collaborative than I have off of being selfish, right? And I think that's the, the way of the world, frankly. Um, the third habit that I would say all of you need to 
always embody is this habit of being giving. Okay, this is different than collaborative. Being giving is me never protecting what I think is the most important thing, right? You, you will never get on, for example, if any of you come to office hours and you could always come to office hours, it's a totally free thing. It's not a pitch fest. I don't think I've ever pitched anything on there, but it's you go to teach to scale.com forward slash office hours. You'll be dropped into the bottom of the page. Just write in your name and email. You'll get basically a broadcast from me that'll say when we're going live. Um, and so you just go in, join the calls, but Office hours is me being freely giving of everything that I would do honestly in each situation. So if you say, hey, I'm in this complicated situation, I want to launch a product, how would you build the funnel? I don't do the weird thing of like, oh, I'm going to show you half of it, but not show you how to actually do it. We give you the roadmap on everything you ask for. That is your time to ask me anything about the world of uh, curriculum building, teaching, online business, um, funnels, marketing, advertising. That is your time. That's when I get to be of service. That is the habit. That's the third thing that you always need to be looking for. Super powerful. Um, okay, recapping. Lifelong learning, collaboration, and being giving. And <laughs> I love so much how all of these are foundational for creating win-win relationships, right? So it's like in that mm -hmm. lifelong learning, you're looking to people to bring you steps to mastery, and then you're implementing and sharing their knowledge. And then in the collaboration, the joint venture world, it's like, oh, the, the connections I've made through wanting to collaborate and just even being of service and being giving and going like, Hey, I come on my podcast, which in a way is, it's like that win-win for everybody, right? Like I'm winning right now because I'm learning from you. I'm getting to share with my audience. My audience is winning because they're getting to learn for free. It's just like so incredible on so many levels. And so I, highly, highly value those. Um, I know that you just talked about your office hours. Um, tell us the best places to find you because I know people are definitely going to want to connect. And I'm telling everyone here who's listening, get on the office hours. I mean, really, Joe is like there hanging out. You can ask him any questions about building your business and he's there for you. So really powerful resource. The, sh the um, link will be in the show notes and everything that he shares right now. So what are, is, would you say that's the very best way to connect with you? I would love it if you guys came to my free stuff. Um, my free stuff is genuinely where I, I like to show up the most so you don't get like a neutered version of me or anything. So again, if, if you guys want to go to my website, teachtoscale.com forward slash office hours, um, you can sign up and show up. We do that every week, Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. And I am not an early riser. So 8 a.m. is a sacrifice for me that I make for you guys every week. And I usually go between one, two hours, Drop in where, whenever you want. A lot of the time we're just, uh, I'll take questions at the beginning, figure out where everybody is, what they want to talk about, and then we just start going back and forth. It's like a two-hour hot seat. Um, so it's super valuable. It's probably the most fun thing I get to do as well. Um, and, you know, the you can always find us, you know, on, on social media at Teach to Scale, basically on everything. But I won't lie to you. Because they're moving away from the guru thing, I really don't care about social media that much. I know that's like a, a sin in the world of online marketing. I don't. Um, you'll see me posting on our blog every once in a while. We're kicking off a new podcast, which I want to have you on, of course. And um, so there's, there's a lot of really fun stuff. But honestly, if you're going to do anything before you ever pay us a dime, um, 
come to office hours, yeah. hang out with us for a few weeks. I don't care if you ever pay us. Um, just show up when you have questions. We want to be of service. Cool. So great. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you all had your pen and paper. You got a ton of value. I know you did. I have a couple pages of notes that I've been taking and thank you so much for coming on Joe. It's been awesome. Thank you for having me. I hope, uh, I hope it was helpful for yeah, some was. people out there. There's gotta yeah. be somebody out there who is in the right place at the right time today that heard this and it makes a difference. So that always makes me happy. If you guys love this, or if you get a lot out of it, I'd love for you guys to either show up to office hours or just blow me up on Facebook and let me know that, you know, it meant something to you because that's, as a teacher, the most important thing for me is just knowing that it made a difference. Um, I couldn't be happier than when I get those random Facebook messages. Yes. Um, so my, my email's joe at teachtoscale.com if you guys want to bug me. And it's with an E on the end. So J-O-E at teachtoscale.com. And I still agree with that. So for all of you listening, I was talking to someone the other day about, you know, why I do a podcast. And I was like, you know, when I get those messages from people, they like they take a screenshot and they say like, oh my God, this was awesome. That makes my entire week. Like I love, love, love being here to bring you value. So make sure that you hit us both up in that way and let us know what you got out of it. And for everyone listening, thank you for being here. I'll be back next week. I hope you have a max potential week where you thrive and feel alive. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Max Potential Habits podcast. If you're liking what you've heard, it would be so incredibly awesome if you would subscribe to the channel and leave a five-star rating and a written review. This helps me help more people while we grow our NFA community so we can rock it out together. For Max Potential Habits resources, go to nfacoaching.com where you can access all of my resources. There's free eBooks, PDF checklists, a journal template, a business mindset meditation kit, and so much more. Plus links to NFA Coaching on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you're super serious about up-leveling, there's also a link to schedule a free consult to work with me in group or one-on-one -on -one coaching. Until next time, I hope you have a Max Potential Habits Day where you get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered version of yourself so you can lead a rich, thriving, kick-ass life and business.